everybody hello how are you this is two girls one ghost two girls one ghost no but you can put the you can put the your message out into the world i think and then people who are around you will support you with whatever you're going through great day bad day tomorrow's always better and if it's not that's okay it will get better eventually it will and we're gonna brighten your day of today hopefully right now brighten your ears Give give those little hairs on the on your inner eel, e- e- your inner eel, <laughs> your inner ear in that semicircular canal. We're gonna make it tingle with some ghost stories. I've been watching Survivor recently, and there was an episode where, in the very beginning of the season, a bug crawled into a like a woman's ear and was just inside the canal, oh, sucking no, 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 no. blood, and there was nothing she could do about it. So. That's what I'm picturing. That is one of my greatest fears. That is so gross. I hate every time I get too much of an itch inside my ear. Like I've totally looked in my ear and taken pictures inside my ear before because I get nervous. And with seasonal allergies, when they feel really full because you're just like full of fluid and grossness in your sinuses, (laughs) that's usually around the time of year that I get panicked that I have something in my ear Mm -hmm. because it just feels, it feels blocked but I never have had one that I know of. I've always wanted to do those like candle wax things where it like pulls out all the wax. My family grew up doing those. I still do them. I've never done them. I want to. Will you do it for me? Yes, I will. So basically when you use the candle, you put your head to the side and you light the candle above you. You have something around you to protect you from any flames coming down. But it's something about like the heat and the suction of the flames and the fire And it just kind of like loosens up wax and brings it to the top. And a lot of it will burn off. But what we like to do, because we're fascinated with it, is take the little end part of the candle that you can't have it burn all the way down to your skin, obviously, and cut it up and look at what's inside. And the candle... Yeah, why wouldn't you? Right. Both candles have a powdery brown substance from just the candle burning. But the one that was in our ear has wax. And so... It works. And Sabrina, I will do it to your ears next time we're together. Please. I feel like a weird thing that I have a desire to do, but I won't do, is to start making candles out of earwax. Like very Shrek. Yeah. I want people to come into my home and be like, mm, the ambiance. Look at all those candles. It smells delightful. Ew. Where do you get them? And I'll say they're natural. From my ears. Literally my brother... When he was like four or five, he would actually, I think honestly, he was probably older than that. When we would do the ear candles, he would collect for, he probably had it going for like three years, collect all of our earwax from the candles that we did a few times a year, everybody in the family. And he created a little ball. And I think it got to maybe that big, like the size of a golf ball by the end of three years. And he would keep it in a little Ziploc bag until we were like, you know what, Christian, this is just too gross. And I think maybe you should move on from this type of collection. One thing that I have learned in my adult years is people are weird. And just when I think I heard the weirdest thing, I will hear something more (laughs) weird. 
We all have our own fixations. And that's okay. And it's okay. Whatever, As long as you're not hurting anyone else and you're exactly. making yourself happy, then we support you and love you. Okay, Sabrina, let's get into ghost stories and I want you to start first. You want me to start? Yes. I can do that. Oh, you know what I had a realization about the other day what? is uh, now that we've been reading off of our computers because we don't want to be reading and looking down at our iPads, when I watch back, my eyes are going... Oh, really? And I look insane. So I'm back to the iPad. No. Because now you're looking down and now we're just looking at the back of your eyelids. I'm going to go like this. Okay. <laughs> it's not going to be... It's not going to be more strange. I'll just let people watch my darting eyes, but Sabrina <laughs> will give you a little bit more comfort, I guess, and not making direct eye contact with you the whole time. Yeah, I don't know what's worse. Well, let's just have people... Here's the test. We're doing the iPad now. And so if you're watching on YouTube, let us know what you think is better for you. And then maybe we'll yeah. use people's feedback to decide moving forward. Yes. Okay. I'm going to read a story from our listener, Madison. And I found this when we were doing, we were pulling stories for our love episode, episode 224, which I think actually comes up after this. But I found this story and I was like, gimme, gimme more. And it's very applicable because gimme, gimme more. It is called Electra, the ghost stripper. <laughs> Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I love y'all. I've recently been binging your podcast, especially the Encounters episodes. So I wanted to share my unique ghost story with you all. And with Leia. I had a pretty wild experience with the paranormal when I was a stripper and I wanted to share it with you guys. I started dancing when I was 20. Cute lingerie, eight-inch heels, makeup that would impress a professional drag queen, and hair extensions down to my ass. Nice. I worked at a small club in Seattle that had been around since the 90s. As you can imagine, strip clubs are jam-packed with residual energy. Sexual, physical, emotional, and often angry and traumatic energy would hang stale in the air after the lights came on at 2 a.m. 30 years of uncleansed energy lingering in the walls, sunk into the floorboards. Men coming into the club carrying negative energy from their homes, handsy, inappropriate men who violated girls' boundaries, angry, toxic men who used the strip club experience to demean and disrespect us, Understandably, we would leave often exhausted and drained from taking on so many energies throughout the night. Even so, this job was so much fun, liberating, empowering, and it brought me fully into my power as a woman. But I know that's not always the case for women who go into the sex work industry, but I'm grateful to have had the experiences I did and acknowledge that I have been lucky and others have not. When this ghost encounter happened, I'd been working at this club as a dancer for a little less than six months. Around 10 p.m., I opened the creaky door to the woman's bathroom and closed myself into the first stall. The sinks were directly on the other side of my stall, and a small crack in the walls of the stall allowed me to see out at anyone who walked in. After sitting on my phone for a couple minutes, I heard the door creak open and heard the clacking of high heels on the tile floor. I looked out through the small crack in the stall and briefly saw a woman with long, dark hair, a hot pink bra, and a black thong and eight inch heels. Seeing that it was another dancer, I sat back and looked back at my phone. The sink turned on outside my stall. I heard water splashing as if she came in to wash her hands and then the water turned off. She grabbed a paper towel and dried her hands. 
I heard the towel land in the trash can and I didn't hear heels clicking out of the bathroom or the door creak open again. So when I walked out of my stall to wash my hands, I assumed I would see her standing there in front of the mirror. But when I turned the corner to the sinks, no one was there. Confused, I washed my hands and assumed I'd been so into scrolling through my phone that I just hadn't noticed her walk out. I washed my hands, returned to the dressing room where most of the other dancers were sitting as it was a slow night. As I walked into the room, I looked around to see who it had been in the bathroom, but not a single woman in the room was wearing what I had seen through the crack in the door. My friend, who was the only other girl with long, dark hair in the room, was wearing the same outfit that she had been wearing since she started her shift, a black lace onesie and sparkly pink heels. I asked if she changed and gone to the bathroom in the last few minutes, and she said no. (laughs) I sat down and told her about what I had just seen, and she got very quiet. In fact, the entire room got quiet. I looked around, trying to read their faces and couldn't figure out why I got this response. Breezing past it, we put on our robes and went out to smoke. This is when I was told the story of Electra, a dancer who had worked in this club for nearly seven years. The club was her home away from home, and she loved dancing as a hobby, an outlet, and a career. She unfortunately struggled heavily with depression and bipolar disorder, and took her own life at home back in 2009. Many of the women I had worked with had also been at this club for a number of years, so a few of them knew her personally and were very affected by her death. After she passed, the girls started noticing weird things happening around the club. Lockers in our dressing room being opened after being shut and locked, the feeling of someone in the room when you were there alone, panties and bras going missing, then reappearing days later in random places, and even feeling a gentle touch like a caress on their backs and necks while getting ready. One of the girls even got sick to her stomach one night and went to the bathroom to throw up. While she was hunched over the toilet, she felt someone standing behind her, gently stroking her back while she was getting sick. This is so sweet. Yeah, it was as if they were there to comfort and calm her. When she turned around to thank them, she saw no one was there. I always believed in the existence of ghosts, but this was my first experience with one. Throughout the rest of the night, I had an eerie feeling that she was around, which I just chalked up to being spooked by the stories that the girls had told me. At 2 a.m., the lights went up and we began to get ready to head home. I went out to my car, put my giant duffel bag in the back seat, and started my 30-minute drive home to my parents' house, who at this point had no idea that I had been dancing. The road home was a straight shot down a very dark, windy highway. It always gave me a creepy vibe, even when I hadn't been told about ghost stories just hours before. As I was driving down the darkest part of this road, I started to get the feeling that I was not alone in the car. I switched the overhead light on to give myself some relief in the dark, and to my delight, there was nothing in the car with me. But that feeling of being in the company of another person remained. As I got closer to home, that feeling grew stronger. At a loss for words and unable to describe how I was feeling, I began to talk out loud to whoever or whatever was in my car with me. And then I realized that I was addressing the entity as if it were Electra. Feeling intuitively that I was correct in this assumption, I spoke out loud in my car. It's okay that you're here, but we're going home to my parents' house and I really don't want any trouble or anything to happen while I'm at home. I'll be headed to work in the morning as I worked as a barista on the weekends and had a 6 a.m. shift later that morning. And I said, and you're welcome to come with me there if you'd like. I got home and I felt the energy lighting around me. And as I got out of my car, 
It felt like she stayed behind. Nothing happened while I was home that night. The next morning, I was at work at my coffee shop and had a customer who I will call Karen. She came in and I'd become great friends with her. I didn't feel a lecturer around me at this time. And I hadn't told this customer that I was a dancer yet, but I wanted so badly to spill the details of last night's experience with someone. <laughs> so I told her about my job and then went straight into the story of how I believed I'd met Electra the night before and thought she may have followed me home. While I thought I was in good company telling my friend this story, her response at the end of the spiel was not nice. No. She shamed me for being a dancer, told me ah. that it was a whore's job. What the wrong with people oh this uh, yeah and this is the real cherry on top she told me that the existence of ghosts is fictional and not to be believed and mocked me for even considering the reality of this situation okay i mean honestly at least you get to learn that that person who was your friend just in one experience is not going to be your friend again you know like they showed all of their colors all at once for all areas of your life they're just so incredibly close-minded and rude and now you can just move on peacefully. But that sucks that the first the first person that you want to like That's tell the I mean. story to and, and yeah. And the first person you tell about your career is so demeaning and yeah. horrid about it. That's that's hard. And then imagine like not that would make you not want to tell anyone else. Right. Madison says, there is a silver wire shelving unit behind me that was stocked with all of our backup materials, including an entire bottom shelf stocked with coffee syrups and flavors. These bottles weighed about six to seven pounds each and were not easy to knock over as they were packed so closely together. The shelf itself had a small lip at the bottom that kept them from sliding off of the front unit. Can you guess where this is going? In the heat of Karen's judgy ass rant about the horrors of my stripping career, five Tarani syrup bottles were violently flung off the bottom shelf of the unit and splayed all across the floor as if someone had angrily pulled them off the shelves in a reaction to the negative monologue this woman was preaching at me. I jumped, turning around to stare in disbelief at the bottles rolling across the floor of the shop, and I turned back to face her. It had never happened before, and I had been working there for a few years at this point, so it definitely spooked me. I ended our interaction and began picking up the bottles from the floor, placing them back on the shelf. After Karen left, I sat down to catch my breath and reflect on what had happened. I almost immediately understood what happened as if it were put into my mind by the spirit herself. She loved dancing and knew I loved dancing and knew how hurtful these words were to hear from people who didn't understand or support our work choices. Her throwing the bottles was not only a reaction to the bitchy Karen rant, but a way to end the conversation and get me out of the situation, sparing some of my feelings and my self-esteem. I spoke out loud again and thanked her for watching out for me, and I told her she could stay around as long as she wanted to. And I continued to speak out loud conversationally, which is weird because I'm not usually one to talk to myself, and I usually can't see things. Yet, I was having what seemed like a full-on interaction with this wild woman's spirit. As I was closing up shop that day, I was standing in front of my register, counting cash and finishing up my tasks, still feeling her presence in the shop with me. All of a sudden, I felt two hands grab my ass and gently squeeze in the way a best friend or girlfriend playfully would. <laughs> I turned and looked over my shoulder knowing nobody would be there and jokingly said, girl, I'm cool with you hanging out here with me, but please don't grab me. I'm not into you like that. 
and I chuckled to myself <laughs> as I turned around to finish work. All of a sudden, the feeling of the presence vanished, and I felt the room's energy sink back to its normal frequency, and I knew she was gone. When I told this story to the girls at the club that night, they informed me that many of the girls had previously had similar experiences, and it seemed like Electra liked to follow new girls home sniff them out and see what they're all about. This makes me so happy. It's so sweet. I know. She's such a girl's girl too. Like She's just got everybody's back. She's just making sure everybody at this place is like the newcomer is still good for the vibes of all the girls that she loves. Exactly. L- listen, okay. She goes, if Electra didn't like them, these girls often experience things like lockers being open, outfits being stolen, and he- <laughs> and heels breaking randomly as if she was trying to run them out. Wow. Other girls would have one experience with her and then never feel or see anything again. I was one of the ones who never felt or saw anything again. So I assumed it was her way of vetting me to see if I was a good fit to work at her home away from home with women who she had once considered family. I will never forget this. She was my first and only paranormal experience and it makes me smile whenever I think about it. I hope you guys liked it too. Like everyone says, sorry for the long story. Don't say sorry. And half the people that say that, it's not even long. (laughs) Yeah. See you on the other side, Madison. Madison, what an amazing experience. Uh That is just so cool. Not only are you at a haunted workplace, but the spirit haunting your workplace loves your job, loves the space loves all of the women around and it's just like the best protector of you and your job and all of your coworkers. And I mean, I can only imagine how much protection you probably need sometimes working in a job like that with all of that. the wild people and their energies that come in that aren't aren't always the kindest nor have the best intents intentions. Wow, I can't speak. But I just love this. I love that woman. I love that she's jiggling people's butts and (laughs) respecting boundaries once they're set. Mm -hmm. And like just taking care of everyone there. Kind of like you said, I mean, Madison wrote in the beginning of the email saying that there are some pretty shady, shitty people who come in there, bring their negative energy, their toxic behaviors. And I, you know, I'm one, I think this career is so empowering. And if it's something that you want to do or have to do and you are in that career, go for it. And I hope no one ever shames you. Then also, I hope that everyone also has a ghost Electra who's there to help look out for you because it always makes you feel a little bit more secure. Yes. Yes. And I'm just dying to know what that woman <laughs> Karen's reaction was when all the bottles fell. Because I we know. Don't know that. we don't know how she reacted. If she thought anything of it, if she Do we left- care? suddenly believing in the paranormal. Not really, but I want her to be scared <laughs> in a bad way. <laughs> she was I so like rude. to know, I like to imagine that Madison hasn't talked to Karen ever since, but Electra has uh, kept an mm. eye on Karen maybe mm-hmm. once or twice. Yeah. And has Karen ever returned to that coffee shop? That's also a question I have. That is a good question. Was she we'll entirely spooked and turned off enough to never return or... Is she, is she coming back and asking for forgiveness? I hope she asks for forgiveness. I don't know. But this here's this goes back to the Christian collecting earwax comment. I 
It, it truly, if someone is doing something because it's their decision, it's something that they want to do, and it is not hurting you or hurting anyone around you or doing anything to anyone, then let them be. Support them. If you love someone, let support them. Let them keep their earwax ball in their bedside yes. table. To each their own. It might not be what you want to do, but you don't have to do it. No. There you go. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. People, humans, blah, <laughs> blah. What do you have? Let's go back to ghosts. Okay, we were always with ghosts. We're <laughs> still at ghosts. This, Pro what, ghosts. this is called a classic holiday ghost story. Your family is closer than you think. Okay, that seems nice. It, it's about Thanksgiving, and I thought about keeping it until November, and I was like, I can't. I just need to read it now. Can't, can't hold out. Hello, fellow spookers. Spookers. Ooh, spookeronies. My name is Stacy, and I absolutely love the podcast. You two bring me so much joy, and I'm so grateful to have you as fellow lovers of witchy, magical ghost things. Thank you for all that you do. I can imagine it's not easy doing research, putting together such great material every week on top of adulting. I appreciate you. Looking forward to seeing my Spotify wrapped this year because of the ridiculous amounts of hours I spend listening to you. That's really nice. That's so nice. It's the week before Thanksgiving, 2022. I was over at my friend Danielle's house, hanging out and getting ready to head to our friend's birthday party. We were sipping espresso martinis and chatting about the day when she started to tell me about an interesting experience. The weirdest thing happened today, Stace. I went to walk into Dan's house to drop off his cooler. And to preface, Dan is one of our close friends who lives down the street from Danielle. He and his roommate, Travis, have a bit of an open door policy, so it's not out of the ordinary to pop in on a whim. She continued, when I walked in and I scanned the room, expecting to see people we know since there's typically always one of our friends there, I was thrown off because there were women setting up for a christening. There was an old woman standing at the sink doing dishes and other random people setting up tables. Thankfully, I recognized Dan's brother and his sister-in-law, but I just felt so awkward like they were wondering who the hell I was just barging in like that. Dan and Travis's house is a hub for all things pregame. Boogie nights, themed parties, holiday hangs, but a christening is a gathering that neither of us would <laughs> ever expect to see there. Yeah. We laughed about the awkward little situation and went about our night. Eventually, our friend AJ came over, who was heroically able to get the stuck shaker top off the martini shaker. Woohoo! <laughs> Not far <laughs> behind him was our friend Dan from down the street. Danielle immediately started telling Dan about the awkward experience that happened earlier, and Dan's response was amusing to all of us as he went on to say, there was no old women there. It was my sister-in-law and her friend. <laughs> Assuming Danielle just made a funny mistake thinking that a 35-year-old was an old woman and making a dig at her friend. No. There was another woman there at the sink washing dishes. I couldn't really see her. She didn't turn around when I walked in, but it looked like someone's mom. These two went on for a few minutes trying to figure out who this other woman was. And Dan started doing some detective work and texted his brother who was there and asked who was present this afternoon. His brother confirmed that there was no older woman. It was just his wife and her friend. Dan even showed pictures of the other friend and Danielle assured him that it was not the older woman that she saw. I started feeling the espresso martini and was paying a bit more <laughs> attention to the jams that I was cueing rather than the banter these two were having when I realized someone or something that we didn't consider. I started getting full body chills. 
maybe it was a ghost. I excitedly <laughs> chimed in and I felt everyone kind of freeze. Dan pulled another picture up and showed Danielle. Yeah, that was her. Dan had showed her a picture of his mom. His ah. mom had passed away several years ago. Oh my gosh. We were all completely blown away. Danielle explained how even though she only saw her from the back, she had the same build and hairstyle. We all believed her and we knew it to be true. Dan said his mom was always one to be helping in the kitchen and I'm sure she was there in spirit helping his family prepare for the party the next day. Oh. Keep an eye out for your family this holiday season. They might be closer than you think. And then we have one more bonus story. Okay. My first ever ghost encounter in my adult brain. I had some questionable Ouija board experiences as a kid. First off, you guys totally need to check out this place called Lilydale in Upstate New York. A, we have an episode on it. Yes, I did. It's a charming spiritualist community full of registered mediums and cute shops, all right on a lake. You can stay in quaint old inns built in the 1800s, attend several different workshops on all things magical, and get a reading from a registered medium. They do free public outdoor readings, which are also so incredible. You can book individual readings in the home of a medium who strikes your fancy. There are dozens to choose from. So I've been there a few times with my mom, and we always wound up having an amazing experience. When my mom and I decided to go in 2019 for an end-of-summer trip, we both had quite the encounter. Oh! While booking the trip, my mom was showing me all of the different rooms to choose from in this inn. I jokingly said, which one do you think will be the most haunted? And she said, probably something on the third floor. <laughs> well, I got what I wanted. <laughs> Our first night there, I woke up boiling hot. I cracked my eyes open in the pitch black room, half asleep to see a darker than dark shadow walking towards me. Arms extended out like they were reaching for me. I let out a quick scream and I tossed over to grab my phone to provide some light. My mom woke up and asked if everything was okay. Not wanting to freak her out, I let out an unconvincing, yeah. Only about 30 minutes had passed since I fell asleep. And this is super weird for me because I typically stay asleep longer when I initially fall asleep. I'm more of a 3 a.m. waker-upper, and I hate it. Now facing the wall completely covered in blankets, I am absolutely dying sweating while running through what just happened in my mind. Did that really just happen? Was that real? Was I asleep? They say on the grounds of Lilydale, it can be hard to sleep because the energy is very lively. They leave little bottles of melatonin with a note card warning you about the lack of sleep that you might experience. Maybe I should have taken some. So convinced I saw something, I still managed to drift back to sleep after sweating and contemplating for what felt like hours until my mom was making these weird sounds. I wake up. Oh no. And I attempt to say calmly, mom, you good? And she snaps out of it and goes, that was weird. I turn on the light and go, all right, are you getting haunted over there too? And she said, in still a half asleep state, that she felt like someone was nose to nose with her face watching her. <gasps> oh. Wondering what business she had there. Neither of us felt threatened, but a little shaken up. My mom then out loud introduced us, stated our business, and thanked the spirits for allowing us to stay in the home. We would only be there for the weekend and would feel very grateful if they would just let us sleep and leave us alone. Fair. Good boundary. We Totally. The rest of the trip, we were not di disturbed until the last night. I was in a light sleep state again, needing to pee, and I had this strange feeling like someone was in the bathroom. So I was waiting for them to get out. We were alone on this floor and my mom was not using the bathroom. 
I was awoken when I felt the presence leave the bathroom and pat the bottom of my foot in a you're good manner. I guess they didn't want me peeing in their bed. (laughs) Okay. I mean, fair. (laughs) The most recent time we went to Lilydale was for an astrology conference. We found out in our birth charts that we're traveling souls and we are sticking together to learn a lesson from each other. Oh. Still working on figuring out what that lesson is. Uh, But (laughs) while we were at that conference, we also met a woman staying in the same inn as us who was a freaking demon hunter. She even worked with one of the Warrens for a brief time. I remember her saying that The Conjuring was super dramatized, but the Annabelle movie was realistic in a sense of what the doll was actually doing. She shared so many stories with me. I wish I'd written them all down, but I was honestly just too terrified. (laughs) I will share a few interesting tidbits that I do remember. First, she said when multiple spirits occupy a space but lived during different timelines, they're unaware of each other's presence. Oh. Next, she said, typically demons do not bother you unless you or someone close to you, like friends and family, or even someone in close proximity, like a roommate, does something to stir them up or summon them. Based on a lot of the stories I've heard from you guys, I would think that that could totally be true. Of course, everyone's own experiences are real and unique, and I can imagine this is not a rule of thumb, just something to consider. Finally, she told me it's true that people's souls can be lost to possession. She witnessed it firsthand, and she has seen it when it's too late. Her scariest experience was when she was approaching the house of someone who she was trying to help. And on the porch of the home, there were two demon-like dogs with glowing red eyes growling at her. I can't remember if she said she was able to get in the home, but I do remember she said that she was followed by these dogs and feeling absolutely threatened and terrified. I feel like they'd already gotten this guy and the dogs were assigned to her that she was too late and to back off. As she was telling me all these spooky encounters, the room literally shifted. I felt like it got darker. And there, in this woman's eyes, Her eyes were glowing black. I had a hard time looking away from her. I felt extremely uneasy, but I was also just so intrigued. Not sure what that was about, but my mom said that she had to leave the room because she was getting a really weird vibe. I guess when you come across things so evil in your life, a little bit of that, a little bit of it attaches to you. Oh, yeah. Love you guys. To the other side and back and hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Stay spooky, love and light. Stacy, she, her. Um, Stacy, I want to know this woman's name and I want to talk to her myself. And then also, Corinne, I feel like you and I need to go to Lilydale. We do. Honestly, that feels like the best vacation. Yes. I also love that the spirits there are somewhat confused by people staying, even though... Lilydale has had people staying there for years, years and years and years. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting because it's like some of the, I mean, I, I assume there's multiple spirits, especially in this particular room that Stacy and her mom stayed in. But it is interesting, the varying experiences that, that they had, you know, like the darker than dark figure, which feels so scary to witness and see her mom having extreme discomfort feeling someone being nose to nose nose hovering over her. That's extremely threatening. But then Stacy had a good like little pat pat on her foot, like a little grab, like you're good. Bathroom spray, head on in whenever. So it's it's conflicting. It's confusing. I guess you kind of always have to be in between the level of extremely intrigued and still 
being weary and protecting yourself. I mean, that's what the ghosts are doing too, if you think about it. True, true. You're right. We're all doing the same thing. I I just picture the like curious ghost leaning over, like looking nose to nose, like, what is this? Friend? I always just picture, I don't know why, but I always default to ghosts being friends with each other. And there's always like someone at sleepover that's daring another ghost to do something. It's like, can how close can you get without actually touching them or them waking up? Why is there not a cartoon like series about ghosts like this? I don't know. I bring back Danny Phantom. Or let's just make our new our own one. Okay. Someone <laughs> add it to the list. Send Cartoon Network our way. Give us their content. <laughs> We've got ghost cartoons to give them. I'm technically still on strike, so no pitching, no doing any of that. Okay, well, they can't no have rules my about business. Me. I can pitch. Yeah, but Corinne, you would want to join the WGA later, and if you did that right now, you'd be fucking all of us over. Stand with the WGA is what I'm saying. Didn't think about yeah. that. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, I have a story. This is from our listener, Katie, and it is called... Okay, actually, Katie shared this story with us on Campfire Stories. I think last, the first week of May, like May 6th, whatever that was. And I was like, I need to read this on the podcast. So it is called Demon or Angel, or maybe just an old lady. (laughs) Karen, you'll remember this. Okay. This all happened in the year 1992. So not terribly long ago. When I was a little girl around first grade, I used to have to walk to school. We lived in Mexico, Missouri. It was far into the autumn season and we had all just brought out our winter coats. I remember this distinctly because the previous days, I always took the short way home after school. I was trying to get home as fast as possible to warm up from the crisp air. This particular day, I just felt warm enough to take my time. I remember walking with my friends down their road, the longer way home. We said our goodbyes once they reached their house, and I continued walking the rest of the way alone. It happened pretty quickly, where I started to feel like I was being followed. I remember wishing I had just walked with my brother instead of separating from him. This feeling of fear quickly changed, and suddenly I could feel like this was mischievous. A little backstory. I was by far the least mischievous kid. I was weird and funny. I did creepy things, but I was pretty goody two-shoes. So the idea of doing anything bad was pretty unheard of. Frankly, I was terrified of drawing attention to myself and getting into trouble. As I continued to walk, I was coming up on this old car that was maybe from the 70s. I want to say it was a Volkswagen Beetle, tan or light brown. The handles were chrome and skinny, and they had a black button. I honestly don't know cars, so this totally could be off. But I remember thinking, that looks like a clown car. And then a voice in my mind said, open the back door. As I walked closer, I thought, no, that's wrong. That, that's breaking into a car. What if I get caught? Why would I do that? Open the back door and look inside, the voice said. The intrusive thought was getting more convincing. So I walked to the car, reached out, looked in the back seat and saw a crochet blanket, black with bright flowers, daisies. The handle was cold, which I remember because my fingers were numb from the cold, yet they felt warm in comparison to the handle. 
I remember only feeling the pressure of my thumb push the button in on the handle. I don't know why I'm doing this. What's my end game? Why would I do this? My brain starts to panic. The moment I start to pull the door open, an old lady jumps up from the back seat and looks at me. The blanket draped around her shoulders. I dropped my hand from the door, ran the entire way home crying. When I walked in the door, the shock from the cold air and hitting warm air landed hard. Next thing I knew, I'm standing in a puddle because I had peed my pants. Terrified. (laughs) To this day, whenever I get a mischievous idea or I know I'm not being safe, that old lady pops into my head. I don't know if she was a demon trying to pull me towards this old car or an angel trying to teach me not to make bad choices. Maybe she was there the entire time and I didn't see her. What if I'm that child demon who scared her? And that's the story she tells. (laughs) What I do know is that it has kept me from ever wanting to see them again. So I always try to use my head when I'm faced with obvious good and evil. Evil does sometimes look too enticing. But I do wish everyone had a dose of this image of this woman in their mind to keep you on the right path. See you on the other side, Katie. Katie! I remember Remember? This. Okay. Oh, yeah. Katie also said in Campfire Stories that when this happened, when she came home and peed herself, her mom was like, no, it was just your imagination. Sometimes when you go from really caught to really cold to really hot, you pee. And so her right. whole life it's after okay. that... <laughs> She was she was afraid that when she went from like one temperature to another, she like prepared herself to almost pee herself. But that's such a what a gentle and kind mother to be like, it's okay, and you just come up with some some sort of excuse. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we pee ourselves because it's not your fault. It's the temperature's fault, <laughs> <laughs> or the scary ghost lady in the car. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I was just as confused. I'm just as confused now about it as I was when we were <laughs> talking about it in campfire stories. Because at one point, I mean, sort of. Like what Katie was saying with, is she the the demon child that scared this woman in the car? But she had looked in the car and this woman wasn't there before. And then suddenly the woman appeared. Right. I feel like you would be able to see the shape of a human underneath a blanket if you looked in, right. saw the blanket, saw the detail to that extent. And she wasn't just a regular looking lady. Yeah. No. Right. Scary. But this was scary something meant to be scary. Because another part of me was like, oh, what if it was this weird little time slip where they're both kind of blipping in and out of being around and near and in this car. But again, the woman's appearance to Katie's recollection was terrifying and felt demonic and really scary. And so that wouldn't just be, oh my God, I'm scared because the little old lady, I, I didn't notice that little old lady in the car. Yeah. Is it, was it a spirit? Was she the one who was like wanting to pull a prank? Kind of like you were just talking about with ghosts, like like daring one another to do certain things. Like, is this ghost like, I have nothing to do today. What time is it? Oh, the kids are walking home. Let's see who uh, who walks by first. Or maybe Disney was a little bit right. You know, when, when Disney presents some of the like evil creatures and th- the villains is still presenting as, as scary, but like still lures people in. You're like, well, why? who would do that? I would never go with the sea witch. But maybe maybe there's some some fact to it. Maybe Katie could have been put under a spell if she hadn't run away immediately. And that's how black-eyed kids are made. Oh, was that the mama? Abducted. Mama. Mama. Okay. Mama. 
Okay. I don't have a story about a mama, but I do have a story about a dada. But a good one. This is from Monica. It's called, My Dad Let Me Know He Was Okay After Death. Oh, okay. Honestly, I feel like we've had a lot of positive stories in this episode, and I'm kind of shocked that we did this. Yeah. With the exception I mean, of Katie's scary story. I was going to say Katie's is the only one. Everything else yeah. is quite lovely. Okay. Considerate ghosts. Hi, y'all. Well, I'm not caught up with you, your guys' podcast. I'm a new listener still, but I thought I would share my story. It's not super paranormal, but it was a way of communication. Back in November of 2020, I lost my dad to COVID. I've said this before in a previous email, but fuck COVID. He was 60 and he was super healthy. Backstory, my whole family got COVID, including my kids, but my dad saw how sick my brother and mom were, and I guess he just figured he wasn't experiencing severe symptoms and didn't want to complain until we were calling 911 because he wasn't responding. I was the only one negative, so I went out to get the medicine, and when I was on the road, my mom kept calling me crying, asking me to call 911 because my dad wasn't responding. Oh, no. He was awake. He wasn't even passed out, but he was just in such a daze-like state that when they were calling him, he was basically just staring into space and trying to breathe. Oh my gosh. (gasps) I rushed home and I saw my dad's eyes and I didn't want to admit it then, but I swear I knew I would lose my dad. When my dad went to the hospital, it was a roller coaster of emotions. He got taken by ambulance because his oxygen was at 50%. Normal oxygen is 99%. And the paramedics were shocked that he wasn't passed out and even told us how strong my dad was. This is so sad. I know. It's a, hor- it's a horrific, horrific thing. When he got to the hospital with oxygen, he was alert again. And I even spoke with him on the phone, asking him to listen to his doctors because we missed him. In the next five days, I lost my dad. He was sedated first so that he could keep his oxygen on because he insisted on being released. Then his lungs collapsed and he was intubated. Then they started him on plasma and he started responding. And then after good news, he had a blood clot travel to his brain while he was intubated. And by the time the doctors realized it was in his brain, the bleed was so massive that they said even surgery wasn't guaranteed to bring him back. Wow. I'm so sorry. I know. I'm the youngest of my siblings and I'm only 27. I lost my dad at 26 years old and I was so heartbroken. When my dad was gone, I was the one who remained strong for the family. My mom and siblings were falling apart, and here I was, a single mom, mourning alone and apart, because when I was around them, I kept myself together. To this day, I have been affected by this because I just held in so many emotions. Anyway, we lost him on November 20th, and we had to move fast for the funeral arrangements as Thanksgiving was the next week. We hurried to give my dad the funeral that he deserved and then continued life, but holidays were coming up, and obviously this was even more hard because The first are always the hardest, the first Christmas, birthdays, etc. without them. By mid-December, most of my family members had dreamt about him and told me that he had visited them, but I hadn't been visited by him, and I was so upset. Yeah, that would be such a bummer. (laughs) Yeah, until Christmas Eve. I fell asleep (gasps) crying the day before, and I dreamt that I was home, and I woke up because I could hear my dad laughing in the kitchen. So I ran towards his voice and I started crying and hugging him and asking him how he was there because I knew he wasn't supposed to be there. And he kept telling me, hey, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm right here with you. And I kept touching his face and asking him if he was really there with me. And he told me, yes, it's me. I'm always with you. And then I actually woke up 
from the dream. I walked to the kitchen in tears and I told my mom about the dream. This was the one time I've dreamt of him, but he let me know that he's always with me and that he's okay. I hold on to this dream so close in my heart because I need to let my dad rest in peace. That's my story. Thank you so much. Happy holidays and stay spooky. And this is from Monica. Monica, I am so sorry for your loss. And, you know, losing a family member, losing a loved one is never, never easy. But for it to be so sudden and unexpected, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's never easy, but this is just heartbreaking. And I'm sure it's something so many people can relate to. And it's, yeah, I'm I'm just so sorry for your loss. But I do think it is really, really special to have had that dream and to know that your dad is still with you. But I also want to say like to to anyone else who has lost a loved one and hasn't had a dream or an experience, that doesn't mean they're not looking out for you. And they might be showing themselves to you in ways that right now you don't notice or don't recognize as signs from them, but they're there. They're here. They're watching over you. Beautifully said. And thank you for sharing that with us, Monica. I'm sure your dad is still looking over you and as awful as it was to experience that and to lose your loved one. What a wonderful last moment that you had with him to get to hear his laugh and the dream and to be held by him and reassured. You know, you got to see him in a happy, warm, loving moment. Moment, And that's what he wanted you to to think of when you thought of him. (laughs) Now I just want to snuggle up with Leia. Come here. Man. Come here. Pico stories, sometimes they just tug on your heartstrings. They make you cry. They really do. They're not always scary. No, not always. And we like them all. We like scary. We like sad. We like funny. We like flirty. Just, or we like non-ghosts. We like alien or like strange. Anything odd we like. If you collect earwax, well, <laughs> let my brother know that he's not alone. <laughs> uh, tell us the weirdest thing about you. Please do. You can email us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. You can also tell everybody about us. The pyramid scheme works. So if you tell two people and they tell two people and they do tell, tell, it works. And then, mm, yep. Mm-hmm. And then I suddenly and then have a brain we cell take over and the world. can speak. Exactly. Yes. You can also rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's also equally helpful. And you can follow us on social media. Join us on Patreon. If you want to hear more stories like Katie's, because we don't get to read all of the stories that are also shared on Campfire Stories on our podcast, you can join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you're a member of any active tier on Patreon for Campfire Stories Live, you can come up and share your ghost stories with everyone else. It's great. Great spooky time. It's great fun. Uh, And thank you to Christina. Yes. Especially for this one. This episode, what you guys we won't know so is that my SD card broke in the middle of it. My recording stuff broke in the middle of it. This is basically four or five parts A third segment. together. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Christina is making it seem seamless, but it was not. <laughs> <laughs> we are so sorry to Christina, but we're so grateful. And grateful for all of you for joining us. We love you. And, and we, we will. will. See you.
on the other side.